Welcome to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Today we have Pastor Jay teaching with the sermon title, Welcome Home. Enjoy. Father God, we thank you in this place for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do, God. We thank you for who you are, Jesus, because we know (laughs) that you're a faithful God. You're a faithful Father. God, we're in your presence, and we're expecting you, and only you can do what you can do. God, we are only vessels. Move me out the way. Let your word come forth. Let your spirit have its way in this place, God. Bless everybody to leave here with a spirit of hope, knowing that our hope is only in you. God, we ask that you just bless this time in your word, that we have food for the nourishment of our souls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, my gosh. Come on, y'all. Clap your hands for Jesus in here. I ain't going to ask you twice because the the first time should be the best thing you can give him. Because he's worthy to be praised. Yes, he is. (laughs) Yes, he is. Man, oh, man. Listen, uh, I'm so glad for everybody who is in the building, for the worship team and Pastor Billy coming back to help us. Clap your hands for, for him. Thank God for Norris J coming in. Hallelujah. Listen, man, we having a good time today, man. We having a good time today, and it's not going to stop now. Uh, if we can go to the Word, we're going to go to Luke 15, 11, and 32, 11 through 32. Luke chapter 15, 11 through 32. All right. All right. Let's see, 15 and it. I'm reading from the NLT, and it says, To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now, before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About, this, about the time this money ran out, a great famine swept through the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses... When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine who was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he was found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. 
And he asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother is back. He was told, and your father has killed a fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The, the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but never once, he once refused to do a single thing you told me. All these years, I never, I've slaved for you and never once have I done a single thing that you told me. I never refused. And, and in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing a fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Sermon title simply, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. You may be seated. Welcome home. That's what this day is all about. Welcome home. Now, what you have to realize is this is Luke chapter 15, and this is the third of three parables that Jesus is telling. The first one was about a shepherd and a sheep. The second one was about a person who lost a coin. And the third one is about humans. All of them is related to humans, but this one, can, can, you can get the visual. Uh, you know somebody who, who has a father with two sons. You know that. And, and it hits home, especially for me, because I'm the younger boy. <laughs> I'm the younger boy, too. So, you know, we're, we're looking at this, and what, what we have to realize is um, we have Jesus illustrating this, and he's talking about a father with two sons who stayed in the same house, the father's house. The father has authority and rules as a fair man in regard to both sons. He has authority to everything in his house and attached to the house. That, that, that sounds like a father that I know. This faithful father has raised the boys in the way that they should go. But here's what you have to realize. When you raise your kids in the way they should go, that don't mean they, they won't take a different route. You did your job. The Lord says train them up in the way they should go. He didn't say hold them hostage. So that's why the father let them go. So, so he, he trained them in the way that she go, but the son gets some type of urge, you know, because when we get older, sometimes we, we get that urge to leave because we think that we're being restricted and we're really being covered. But, but here's, here's, here's where we're at, y'all. Uh, here's where we're at. We, we got the son. We, he, he says, Father, I want everything that is mine. And, and here's, here's the crazy thing about it. The father doesn't resist. The father doesn't resist. He, the, the father just walks in and he says, man, you know what? Let me go ahead and divide it up. And, and listen, he didn't even kick the son out immediately. He didn't kick the son out. It says several days later, the son packed up all of his things and left. He had time to change his mind. So, so here's what's happening. He, he's packing up his stuff and he leaves and, and all of a sudden, you know, he gets exactly where he wants to be and, and now he's, he's having to spend his own money. I, I learned how to manage money better when I had to spend my own money. When, when, you, when you're under the father's house and you can ask the father for whatever you need and he'll supply it for you, it's different than when he has to come out your own pocket. But, but, but when we sit here and think about this son, he, he decided that he was ready to go about his way. He had everything that he needed and that he thought he needed. 
and he went out. But, but here's the thing. Uh, once you leave the covering and you're out of the will of God, things can get a little sticky. It, it doesn't have to happen immediately because if it happens immediately, then, you know, that, that's too hard for Satan to keep you. But, but when, when things are, you're doing things your own way and things are getting good and you're spending money. And, and if, if I could use my imagination, back in the day, he may have been at the juke joint buying rounds for everybody. <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, go a generation up. He may have been wearing shiny suits with gold rings and driving Cadillacs. Or, or if we go to my generation, he may have been skipping line at the club and having every section everywhere he walk into. But you know what? <laughs> that, that money, you know, you got to generate money to keep money flowing, no matter how much money you get. So, so here's, here's what we're looking at. We're looking at this son who has decided to go on about. The, the oldest son stays at the house with the father and keeps doing his duties. The son is, is, is pointed to the son, and we know him to be the prodigal son, but that's not his name. That's his description. How does he get that name? He gets that name because of how he behaves. The word prodigal means wastefully extravagant. Wastefully extravagant. He's wasting his money. He's going different places. And, and, and the thing is, when, when you're not being wise, you can be wasteful. God gives us a portion because he's wise. But when we get a lump sum, often we get wasteful. So, so what we have to realize is God don't put more on us than we can bear or give us more than we can bear, but he also gives us the discipline and the wisdom to use. But it's our choice because the father raised us up that way. In his house, he raised us up that way, and he said, okay, here's what you ought to do. That's why the father was holding on to his inheritance. Because he said, let me let this thing mature. Let me teach him the ways of life. Let me show him the things. But the son just knew that he didn't need the father anymore. He gets out into, he gets out into the wilderness and everything. And he, you know, his, it says he wasted all his money in wild living after he moved all his belongings to a distant land. All right. So it's, it's one thing, you know, when you're when you in your city, you may bump into some people that you know. Uh, but when you're in a new city, uh, unless you're going to be real introverted, you got to make new friends. And, and I'm going to tell you like this. One, one foolish person would say there's uh, uh, money will make you new friends, but money will only make you new associates that are associated with your money. So he's, he's, he's going out into this distant land. He knows nobody. He's connected nowhere and is moving on his own behavior he has no word from God to go there, but he goes. He goes, and, and, he's, and he's trying to make these friends because who wants to be lonely, especially in the new land, and, and you got all this money. You know, you want to be like Whitney Houston. You want to dance with somebody. You know, you want to you have some fun. You want to turn up. But, but, you know, it gets expensive when you're paying for everybody. You hear about athletes and everything that have $50 million, like Antoine Walker. He had more than that and went broke. How do you do that? You know, we would say, man, if I had that type of money, shoot, I'd never go broke. Everybody be taking care around me, but I do it this, that, and no other way. But guess what? Life happens fast. And the word no sometimes happens slow. 
<laughs> we, you know, people have logical reasons, but that's why we are in tune with God and his Holy Spirit, because what is logical for us may not be favorable for his plan concerning us. So before you even move on logic, make sure you are in alignment with the will of God for your life. What, what we have to realize is when, when we go out and, and like this, this younger son, he's, he's spending all this money and obviously he knows his way around. He knows his way around. He's smart enough to know that he has to survive. He, he went from thriving to surviving. And if I could just peek back, you know, like a movie or something, back at the house, at the father's house, the older son has no worries. The older son, if, if the Bible says the servants have enough to eat and more, then what you think the older son has? He stayed. He's with the father. He's being obedient. Everything good for an older son. But the father, if I had to imagine, the father's grieving. The, the father is grieving that his son has left, but he know hey, he had to let him leave. His father is wondering where his son is. Because if he wasn't, would he be running after him when he saw him afar off? I've been told Jewish custom says a, a, a Jewish man doesn't run after anybody. Especially with that much money. He don't run after anybody. He sit and wait as the father does for his son to approach him. But the Bible says that the father saw him afar off and ran towards him. Why? Because the love and compassion of the Father faileth not. When you realize that the love and compassion of the Father faileth not, the Father only had a job to do just that, to show his love and compassion because he knew that the way that the Son was choosing wasn't the right way. He knew it. And, and the Son had to, what they say, he had to have a bought lesson. Anybody know what a bought lesson is? You know, you, you, you can either see somebody else and learn by them, or you can buy it yourself. You can go through it yourself. But, but you know, you, this, this son of his had to have a bought lesson. It says the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs looked good to him. Man, that's crazy. Think about this. We ain't at lunchtime, so I can say it like this. The scraps on your plate go into a bucket. And sit until they're filled up and they're given to the hogs. That's what this son who comes from a lavish lifestyle is eating and it looks good to him because his eye, his trained eye for the finer things has, has disappeared because of what, what his flesh is hungering for. When, when your flesh is hungering for something and you don't put it in check, it grows and you have to feed the flesh and you focus so much on the flesh that you forget about the spirit. But the father, when you in his house, you won't have to worry about your flesh because he says he's going to give you daily bread and he's going to cover you spiritually. But sometimes you can't hear when your flesh is feeling fancy. You, you, you want that money in your pocket. You, you, everybody know you got money, but, you know, you get a per diem. You may get $200 a week to eat and do gas and go wherever you want to when you know your daddy got $200 million. And you're like, man, I, daddy got me on a chain. I'm, I'm chilling. Like, $200? Man, we could spend $1,000 a week and still be rich every, for forever. But guess what? 
when you're thinking like that, a thousand becomes, okay, we spent a thousand this morning. Okay, I got some more. We still going to be all right. And then it goes, we still going to be all right. Then next thing you know, <laughs> you get that notification that says your bank account is overdrawn. When, when you reach in your pocket and, you, and, you, and you're dependent on your flesh, your, your flesh will fail you. Your, your flesh will fail you. But, but what you have to realize is that the Father is looking out for you, and, and he even allows you to question him, to, to, to ask why. But, but here's the thing. The, the young son is coming home. He's finally, the Bible says he finally come to his senses. But before he came to the senses, God had to send something that the Bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. Uh, what, you, what you have to realize is the family hit the land that he was in. But there was a famine in the land that God sent Elijah to as well. What, what I have to make you realize is Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 says that time and chance happened to them all in the King James Version. And it says in the NLT, it is all decided by chance being in the right place at the right time. The right place at the right time. Some people stuck in relationships because they, they say, ah, oh, we, we trying to get it right. But if you ain't at the right place at the right time, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Elijah was at the right place at the right time when he went to the widow's house and he blessed her life for him being present because God sent him. But when you're not sent by the Lord and you go somewhere that you're in a foreign land and you're not sure where you're at or where to get your resources from, guess what happens? You fall flat on your face. You, 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 you could have been sitting in the house, but now you're sitting with the hogs. It, 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 all, it all happens when you depend on your flesh and don't depend on your faith. He was living a prideful life. When you live a prideful life, the, Robert Morris says it like this. Pride will have you do three, three things. Pride affects the way we see ourselves, the way we see others, and the way we see the Father. The way we see ourselves, the way we see others, and the way we see the Father. That's why the Lord says, humble yourself before the Lord, because the, the scales that are on your eyes when you have pride will not allow you to open them up and see the full picture. A, a God who sees all and knows all is not worried about what you can see and in and, and your peripheral and your front because he's got your back. So, so what we have to realize is when, when we're talking about the famine that hit, the famine didn't hit because of the sun being there. The famine hit because God wanted it to hit. So understand this. This for somebody who's going through it right now. It, it ain't just happening because you, you've been doing wrong or it, it shouldn't happen because you're doing right. It rains on the just as well as the unjust. So when these storms, when these famines, when these situations that dry you, that stretch you, that put you in a place where you, you want to cuss, you want to get crazy, you want to act rude, you have to sit and ask yourself, what is the father trying to do? Because at this point in time, when he's at the wheel, and, and even with Elijah, he's trying to break the pride. Will you knock on a door that God has sent you to, that, that you know where the famine is, and, and you don't even think there's no food in the land? Will you do that? Or, you know, if you're in the wrong place, will you humble yourself and say, man, I made a mistake? 
But here's the thing. We, we, a lot of times our, our pride say, man, I ain't going to give them the liberty of saying, I told you so. We, 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 we want to, but, but here's how, to, how it happens. We, we let our pride put a block up, and the Bible says uh, pride come before the fall. So, so the, the good thing about God is he'll allow you to see your pride and ask you if you want to be sustained or do you want to fall. You're, you, when, when you step into a situation and God gives you a revelation of your pride, you have to make a decision on what you want to do. Are you going to spend the money you don't have or are you going to take everything back to the counter that you got it from and say, hey, I ain't got it today. I'll tell you a story. I was in Atlanta with a friend. It, it was him and his girlfriend. We went to this place called the Statler. It's the tallest building in Atlanta. It's kind of like the Dallas Ball, you know. And, and if, if it's the tallest, you know, it's going to have some pretty tall prices. I, I went with my partner, and I was, it was him and his girl. I already didn't feel comfortable because I was a third wheel, but I was riding with them. So, you know, my other partner had went to, to uh, help his wife do homework. So it's us, and we go up to this restaurant, and I'm, before we get there, I'm walking. I'm like, hey, hey, bro, do you know the prices at this place? I said, it's $26 for a salad. I said, oh, oh. I said, okay, okay. I get up there. We on the elevator. Great view. We looking at everything. Atlanta looking beautiful. We get up to the place. I got holes in my jeans and everything. Uh, I'm like, man, I'm not even really dressed for this. I'm like, mm, okay. I sat down at the table. I started drinking water. They, had, they didn't have water in the picture. They had it in like a glass. One of them fancy things, like, like higher than Ikea type stuff. Look, man, she poured that water. I was like, okay. I, I got to contemplate that menu. Man, I said, hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all have this because I just can't do it. I can't do it. I got a budget to keep. After Atlanta, I had to go to South Carolina, and y'all ain't finna have me out here broke. I love y'all. Y'all call me when y'all get done. Ain't no rush. I'm going to find me a place. But, it's, it's, but a lot of people will sit there and act like that they got it. They got it, and, and, and because they act like they got it, you know, somebody may buy a side, and you're like, well, I can't let them buy a side and me not buy a side because I'm going to eat off their side. So I'm like, okay, let me swipe this thing. Let me, I got y'all a side too, what y'all want. Okay, boom, and then you get to the place, and now you're like, man, South Carolina, I, I'm short. I can't even get a rental car. <laughs> I could get my rental car because I left the place. But you don't want to be in a situation where you are able to check your pride and you don't have the discipline to stop and listen and be wise. It, it, the Bible says he came to his senses. We, we all have that time. And, and what you have to realize is the father is so great that he allows us to come to our senses. The, the father is, is not so insecure that he won't let us make a mistake. But, but here's the thing. It, when, we, when we come to our senses, God gives us grace to come back. Because the father specializes in love and compassion. So, so when we talk about the father coming, when, when he sees it, little brother has a revelation to decide he'd rather be faithful with the father than, than suffering with an unfamiliar fa farmer. It's either a faithful father or an unfamiliar farmer because the, it says the farmer didn't, wouldn't give him nothing. 
the, the slop. He wouldn't give him the slop. Do you know how selfish that is? You don't even want it. It ain't even going to hurt you. But, and this man is working for you. So this man, who he has no favor with, because he's in a place that he wasn't supposed to be, he stayed longer than he was supposed to go. And, and here's the thing. When, the devil will keep you longer than you want to be there and will dry you out and say, no, nah, you can't leave. But here's the thing. When we get the revelation, it's, it says he got the revelation and, and he started smelling himself for real, not for what he thought he was, but for what was actually happening. He's with the hogs. He stinks. Look, you, you know your kids be running outside. You be like, y'all smell like outside, but he with the hogs. He with the hogs. There's mud. There's hay. Look, y'all, y'all done been around the petting zoo. Y'all smelt them dumpers. He done, he been stepping in them. I don't, look, he ain't had no shower probably. He smell. But here's the thing. This, this farmer was stingy. Was stingy with what he didn't even want, but the father wasn't even stingy with the servants. And, and y'all going to see in a minute where the father's behavior with the servants makes so much sense on why the servants look at him in a certain way. It gets back, and he, he gets going back to the home place, and the father sees him far off. And when the father sees him far off, here's what happens. The father comes running after him. The father comes running after him because he knows it's not going to hurt anything in him, but it's going to help his son. The father is always looking out for his children. If, if he wasn't looking out for his children, he wouldn't be able to see him afar off. But, 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 but he's looking out for the child, and, and he's like, he got home, but here's the thing. The son is about to approach the father and, and say his little speech, his little repentance speech, but he was actually repentant. He was like, man, but here's the thing. He was modest. God brought him up in humility. He didn't even let him finish what he was going to say. He didn't even get to the I told you speech. He said, okay, look, hey, go get the robe, go get the sandals, go get the ring, go get the fattened calf, go get everything, get the best stuff I got. (laughs) I I know some more stuff will come, but get the best stuff I got. And put it on this boy. Make sure he get clean because we finna celebrate. Why? Because my son is home. It's something about the son coming home and getting to his senses and realizing that the lesson that he bought made sense. God, I, I need to come back. I need to come back. But, 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 but we have a problem. The, the, the older son is working in the field. The older son is working in the field. Uh, this field is so big that he has to really approach the house for a long time and come back and start hearing things. Imagine if you like over there off a of berry right there at Star Cup and you walk in and then you, you get to the church uh, right there on the corner and you start hearing stuff. Like, and the servant is, came and meets you to help you with your stuff and he like, what's going on? The servant says what the father says. Because when the father is faithful to the servants, the servants are faithful to the father. When the father is faithful to the servants, the servants are faithful to the father. He repeats after him. He says, <laughs> he says when he, let's see, it's verse, uh, let's see here, 21. It says, that's the repentance. The father gets to the, to the, the man's right there, and it says, 25, meanwhile, 
And, and then 27, it says, your, your brother is back. Your father has killed the fattened calf, and we are celebrating for his safe return. That's three things to celebrate about right there before he gets any further, before he even gets information about what his brother had to go through, before he gets to the testimony, he has enough to celebrate. But guess what? Instead, his flesh is flaring up. So here we got two sons, one house, one father with one problem, and it's pride. The oldest son know better than to leave. He got sense. But he wasn't saying because he was faithful. He was saying because he was loyal. And it proves to, to that because of the simple fact that he's questioning the father, why is he celebrating the son? He's angry. He, he refuses to come back inside of the house because he, he's saying to himself, hey, this ain't right. But when you have a sense of self-righteousness, instead of the father's righteousness, you come to a conclusion that will keep you proudful, stubborn, and it will call you to stumble. But here's the thing. The father's love and compassion still doesn't fail. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't throw the older son away when he comes to the confrontation. He says, hey, look, you always been with me. I know that. Your brother know that. The servants know that. Everybody know that. But... But you have to realize your brother came back and he didn't have to. He wasn't expecting to come back. And I didn't know if he was going to come back. But he came back. So the same love and compassion that I have for you is the same love and compassion I have for him. But he's saying, don't let your pride keep you from home. Because the, here's the thing. The older son was near the doorsteps. And his pride came between them. He was near the doorsteps. And the other son was afar off. He got a revelation and got to marching and moving. He said, God, I got to come see you. Father, I got to come see you because I know that I've sinned against you. I know that even if I get to your presence, you'll restore me because your love and compassion faileth not. But this older son is thinking about himself and he's saying, ah, ain't no way. You ain't even gave me a calf. You ain't gave me a goat. You ain't gave me nothing. But here's the thing. The older son wasn't worried about any celebrations until the younger son got one. That's the lust of the eye because sometimes we see something that, and, and, and we want it now because we saw it and we saw somebody else have it. Now we got to have it. But guess what? It's not yours. This celebration is not for you. You got a different crown stored up from you. So when we in church all this year, just remember when somebody come back to the father in this house, and he say, I'm back. God, I know I shouldn't have left. And you're not getting the same praise they got. Guess what? Don't hate because you're still at home. The father welcomes you home and you don't need the same portion. You just need the same thing that the father's giving out. Love and compassion. But the father's waiting on you. Here's the thing. When, when we talk about it, you don't need to compare when the father has compassion. The, the, the comparison pulls from joy and the father gives it. Anything that you need, the Father has it, but you can't sit and stay and say, oh my gosh, I didn't get no goat, but he got a calf. I didn't get no necklace or no ring, but he got one. You can't do that because here's the thing. It's not your house. It's not your authority. And it's not your righteousness. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, everything belongs to him. Your life is not your own anymore. And you don't have to, you don't have a right to come to your own conclusion. 
Lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. The path is always going to lead back home. But you have to get the pride out the side so it won't cause you to stumble. Because if you stumble, sometimes somebody can kick you when you're down. But if you can avoid it, don't stumble. Don't stumble. But, but where is home? That's, that's the real question. <laughs> Luther Vandross said a house is not a home. A chair is still a chair. A room is still a room, but a house is not a home. Why do you say that? Because there has to be a presence in the house. <laughs> there has to be a presence in the house. There has to be a presence at the house. Home is the presence of the Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because earth, where I make space for you, is your home. And heaven is where you reign. So guess what? That's home. So when I say I'm coming to the Father, guess what happens? I got to get myself right. If I could testify for the prodigal son, I would say I wasn't satisfied. I came to the Father as a weary, wounded, and sad soldier. I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. What he made me glad about? I was weary because sin will have you tired. I was worn because it'll keep you restless. I was sad because darkness seems like it has no end, but when a light is shown, when a light is shown and you gravitate and you pull to the light, everything gets brighter. When you step into the light, guess what happens? Stuff illuminates. It feels good in the light. You can see in the light. You have clarity in the light. But when you get into the light, that's what the purpose is. But here's the thing. If I can speak for the older son, I'd say I've been young and I've experienced some things, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken, never the seed beggars for bread. Because guess what? I've seen my brother go out and come back. And I've seen me be restored even in a prideful moment. Here's the thing. You can be like Jonah who decided to go away from the Father's will and say, I ain't going to do what he want me to do. And then be forced back into it. But you can also be like Job and do nothing wrong. And God send a storm your way. And guess what? When the storm comes, you can be looking for all the answers and say to yourself, wow, God, you, where are you? And God has to humble you because you think your righteousness is what God should operate off of. Instead of the whole picture that he sees. But you have to get to a point where you say, God, because our righteousness has God being fair. But God's righteousness has him being faithful. God's, God being fair would nullify his faithfulness. Because when God is fair, he can't do above that. Faithful means that no matter what, he can give it to you if he promised it. Fair would be, well, that happened for you, boom. But when God is faithful, guess what? His faithfulness has you in a position to where everything that you're supposed to have, you'll have. Even when you have to go through this, your, your, your spot back in the house, you'll have it. You don't have to be with the servant because guess what? God, God will bring you back in humility when people will stomp on you and say, hey, look, come back inside the house. I forgive you. But, but what we have to realize is because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. So when we talk about the faithfulness of God, he's welcoming everybody home. He's, he's welcoming the person who stayed out too long. He's welcoming the person who had a heart that, that was looking crazy at folks because they went through something. He's welcoming you home. 
I don't know what your situation is, but God wants to welcome you home. He wants to let you know that there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. God wants to restore you and let you know that everything is going to be all right and I still have plans for you. When we talk about coming home, it's, it's, it's really a, a simple thing. You have to come in humility. The humility is saying, God, I got in your way with my flesh. God, I was wrong. I've sinned against you, whether, whether I did it one time, twice, or multiple times. God, I, I know I was wrong. I've been wrong. I li- I've been living wrong when I knew you, and I've been living wrong when I didn't know you. But, Father, I repent of my sins. I know you died on the cross for my sins and rose on, on the third day so that I'll have eternal life. And I'm coming home. I'm not going to let any eyes that are looking at me stop me. I'm not going to let anything get in my way because I know when the Father says, I'm welcoming you home, there's nothing that can keep you out. The, the older son's stubbornness could not keep the younger son away because of the father's protection. The father wants to make sure before... The father couldn't welcome the son into the house and talk about it because he had to make sure that everything was regulated that comes into his house. So when you come into the house, just understand that the father has your back. And while you're healing, he's going to protect you. And when you heal, he expects you to tell your testimony so others can come back in the house. Because when, when you come home, it's a, it's a different feeling. It's a different feeling. You can feel home. You can feel home. I, I'm going to tell you like this. January 3rd last year, I felt at home when I came up here. I, I, I kid you not, God did a new thing. I was speaking life into people, and I was like, what is going on? I don't even know these people, but when God welcomes you home, you feel it. You feel it. But, but here's the thing. When, when, when you realize that God doesn't want you to just come home when he calls you to heaven, he wants you to come home in his presence while you're still here on earth, you realize that you still got work to do. So the first person I'm talking to is the person who never knew Jesus. See, because here's the thing. You don't have to have been home to know home. God will reveal home. Home is where the Father is, and in the, in the presence of the Father is where home is. So, so just understand that, that the Father's presence is home. The second person I'm talking to is the one who has always been home, may have been grown up at home, but left home and needs to come back home. Just know, you were missed. You were missed, and, and, and the Father is saying, today is now. The third person I'm talking to is the person who says, okay, uh, I've, I've always been home, but home hasn't been a tabernacle for me lately. But I feel like this tabernacle is home. The Father still wants you to come home because he wants you to be under a cover, and he wants to be, you to be under the right cover. But the Father wants you to come home. So where everybody's standing, I want everybody to stand and close your eyes. With our eyes closed and our heads bowed, uh, if, if you want to give your life to Christ today and you want to you claim your room in the house, 
slip up your hand. Just slip up your hand. I see it. I see it. If if you if you left the father and you know you've got to get back on better terms, you know what he's calling you to do, and you just haven't had it in you. But you feel the Lord tugging on you right now and saying, I'm giving you courage to make that decision because there's comfort at my house. There's correction as well, but there's compassion that covers that as well. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to help you. If that's you, raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see you. I see you. And if it's you that, that you say that I've never been to this specific house, but God, I've always been home, but this is what I want to be my home. Go ahead and raise that hand. I see that hand. Amen. Father God, we thank you in the name of Jesus for every hand that was raised and every heart that you're still working on. God, we know that in your presence is the fullness of joy and that there is always room here at home, God. Bless us to continue to walk with you and talk with you and know that there's, there's always joy in your presence, even when the circumstances try to drain us from it. But God, your word says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint, God. It says we'll be tired. But God, we know that your house is a house of restoration. God, so as we move from this place today, God, I pray that you give people strength. I pray that you give them courage. I pray that you remind them of their assignment to continue to walk in the way that you would have them. God, we bless everybody in this room. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. We hope that something was said on today for you to feel loved. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can partner with us by via cash app, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel, or you can partner with us on our website at hglovespeople.com today. We love you already and God bless.